1: every team every topic everywhere this is believe. hey guys welcome back to second act with your favorite podcast host it's me bonnie somerville Thank you so much for tuning back in. By the way, if you're not following me on Instagram, please follow the podcast, second underscore act underscore podcast on Instagram. And me, I'm, you know, my name, easy to find. And also please download and subscribe, but leave me that review on Apple because apparently people care. It's kind of like Oscars and Emmys. Like it actually doesn't matter. But when you win one, all of a sudden you get... And that's what we're trying to do so that we can keep this podcast going. So please do that. Just give me a review, whatever you want to say. Anyway, I'm really excited about my next guest. This is someone that I've known and worked with for over a decade. He's someone that I admire. He is an award-winning, I mean, in every way, hairstylist, makeup artist. I shouldn't say hairstylist. Like, I should say hair god. Makeup God, because basically that's what he is. He's also a photographer. He's an artist. He's um, one of the most unique people I've ever met. Super spiritual. Um, definitely has a sixth sense about a lot of stuff. Um, I love him. I am. I have been so lucky to work with him. Uh, his name is Daryl, by the way, but we'll get there. And it's very important to my second act because right before everything like hit the skids. And I was just like at the worst part of my life. Um, I was in my last apartment before I met Dave. My Beyonce, looking at me right now. And I was just super miserable and angry and awful. And he did my hair and makeup for free as he had done uh, because he's a good person and spirit and human being. And he was like, girl, you need to get out of this apartment. You need to get out of Venice. Like your energy is so bad. And you'll hear in the interview. He's Native American. He's very spiritual. Um, I don't know if I believe in all that stuff, but for some reason when it comes to Daryl, he's kind of always right. Eh, so. Um, and he was like, Girl, like your energy is awful. That's why you haven't met anybody, that's why you're not working. And he got me all dialed up for this super fancy Golden Globe event, and I got in the limo, and I was like, holy shit, is that how I seem? Like, I didn't even know. So he was very instrumental in me, kind of part of my beginning of looking at my shit, you know, which is what we all have to do. Um, he is also, he's just super talented. Uh, he has won many, 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 many awards, and... Um, brilliant, brilliant, also brilliant photographer. His name is Daryl Redleaf, and I think you're really gonna love this, and I hope you do. So I am extremely excited to be talking to a fantastic artist and also a friend who I have worked with many times, Daryl Redleaf. He is an extraordinary hairdresser, makeup artist, photographer. He has traveled all around the world doing his craft. He has more stories than anyone I know. He's going to try to be a little bit um, humble, but I'm not going to let him. Uh, He has seen it all. He has worked with it all. He has heard it all. And he's right now sitting across from me. Hi, Daryl. Hi, Bonnie. How are you, honey?
2: No worse for wear, as they say. (laughs) You're still holding it together. (laughs) with bits of topstick and wig glue.
1: I just want to tell the audience when I said that this wasn't live footage, the very first thing you said was, well, I was going to tell you because you ain't camera ready, honey. (laughs) 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 Because we're only doing sound. So tell everybody what you're doing right now. You're working on
2: the... Right now, I'm on the reboot of Saved by the Bell for Peacock, the little offshoot of NBC Mm -hmm. with uh, Mark Paul Gosselaar, Elizabeth Berkley, Mario Lopez, and Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Um, I am Mark Mark Paul's personal hairstylist and groomer on this reboot. And that story had
1: to be told, you know.
2: Someone had to say it.
1: Someone had to tell that story again.
2: So it's been interesting, you know, we're we're back to work at Universal. We are one of five shows that are currently working um, in California.
1: And you have to wear all the all the tell everyone what you have to do right now with well, the gear. You well,
2: know, we have to protect ourselves and each other from the COVID. Mm-hmm. So we are in PPE wear. We've got masks and face shields. Mm we are tested five times a week times more i mean yesterday i did a rapid test in the morning okay so this is like the breakdown of the morning you get your call time which used to be a normal call time which it still is normal but you immediately get to you know the stage or location or whatever and then you get shuttled to a rapid testing facility this is at universal where, where they, you go in and they do a nasal swab and then you wait 20, 25 minutes to get the thumbs up or thumbs down that you are COVID free. And then you go back to work. And then at some point in the day, we have to go and get a lab test, which is a 24 to 40 hour more comprehensive COVID test through the nose, nasal And that's administered by a nurse. The other one you do yourself. They have you swab it yourself and hold it 10 seconds on the side of your nostril. So I don't have some person jamming a swab to the back of my (sighs) neck, you know? Oh, gosh. I know. Brutal. But anyway, so then you get your tests and you're like, you know, I mean, for me, I'm a recovering hypochondriac. So every day I'm like, oh, negative. I don't have COVID. Yay. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> have you been around anyone that had it or anyone on sets have you heard no of it? he will
2: not let anyone on the set if it comes back positive you are dismissed and wow i don't know what happens after that
1: well i mean that's good news that we're all going to get back to work i mean i was in the middle of doing blue bloods and the whole thing shut down and i just want them to bring me
2: back yeah well i mean it will come back yeah and everyone is going to have to take precautions um you know, we have to stay six feet apart. It's like the hair and makeup trailers, which- are-
1: How are you doing the hair? Like from a, like a rake? Like are you using a no, rake across
2: the no. room? No, no. You know, it's like I have my mask. I've got my face shield. You know, you sanitize your hands. You make sure in front of the actor. And I mean, the whole station is sanitized. They have people coming in, spraying that electrolyzed water on surfaces oh and stuff. But I'm such a freak. I use this stuff called Cavi Wipes and Cavi Spray. Mm-hmm. And- that dentists and doctors use to clean their medical rooms. Uh-huh. So I put on gloves because you can't let that touch your skin. It's that toxic to oh, my. And then I wipe everything down, you know, and then air out the room because of the vapors. But
1: So tell everyone how different this is than the old days, you know, when there was just God knows what on every single surface of of every single thing on a set. <laughs> it's
2: kind of gross when you really think about yes, it. There was
1: zero cleanliness. I mean, <laughs> what what touching
2: everything. You know, and then there's makeup and brushes and makeup brushes. I mean, like everything is touching your face around your eyes and, you know, you're handing someone sneezing, you're handing them a Kleenex and they they hand you the Kleenex back so you can stick it in your bag and, you know, it's like, ooh, no, none of that. Anyway. So you are like,
1: you're like, I know, you know how much I'm fascinated by you because you have the best stories of anyone I've ever, ever known and I know that you- you're very open to telling them all, but I want to ask you, what was your very first job? Like uh, when you got into the business, when you came, got into the union, what was your very first one?
2: Well, the first job I got, I was, it was non-union. And non-union. Was kind of an interesting, I'll try to make these really quick. There's How long a, ago was that? So, boring. so in 1986, I was living, I'm from Arizona and uh, in Tempe and a girl I know, called me and said hey there's this movie a, a paramount picture coming to tempe and it's shot all around arizona state university these four students and they're looking for a hairdresser you should call this number and see because they're looking for a hairdresser because she's a, was a pa as they were setting up the office so i called the number talked to this guy said hi my name is daryl i hear you need a hairdresser i'm a hairdresser i'm local he's like oh great yeah we're looking at people come on in and it was literally down the street from where where I lived uh-huh. in Tempe, at kind of near Arizona State University, and so I drove over and I go in and it was in a in a Holiday Inn actually was where the production office was, and so I go to this office room whatever, knock on the door and I go in I'm like hey I'm Daryl I hear you new a hairdresser yeah have a seat uh, what have you done nothing so it's <laughs> like oh uh, well, what makes you think you're going to do this? I said, well, because I'm a hairstylist and I know you need one. And I've been doing hair quite a while, since 1978. Wow. And 86. And, and this is 1980, yeah, 1986. And, uh, and he said, hmm, well, uh, okay, well, you know, the woman that's hiring is down the hall. She's the designer, the costume designer. Go talk to her. She's hiring the department. So I go down there, knock on the door, crazy woman looking like Betsy Johnson with all these crazy, colored dreadlocks and stuff. Italian, crazy Italian woman. I said, hi, I'm Daryl, I'm a hairstylist. She looks at me and she goes, oh good, somebody young. This is a young cast, you got the job. And I was like, uh, what? And I'm like, uh, okay. And she goes, go tell the UPM you have the job. So I go back to the guy and I'm like, hi. She told me I got the job and he goes, oh great. And, I, and I'm like, uh, uh, you know, he's like, all right. So later i mean it's like i I didn't i didn't even know what a upm unit production manager is he ended up being john landau wow yeah (sighs) you know winning an oscar for titanic and and everything yeah so it's funny i moved to los angeles i did okay i did that movie called campus man for archaeo paramount the end of 1986, then everybody was jumping on the next movie that was coming to Phoenix um, in January of 87 called Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
1: There you go.
2: So I jumped on that and worked on that for four months and we finished that in April of 87 and that's when I decided in, on my birthday in August of 87 that I was gonna move to California and pursue this as a career.
1: Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with my friend Daryl. Okay, here's something that you maybe don't know about me, but if you know me, then you do know this. I do not relax well. I don't sleep well. With my crazy life, it's just hard for me, and my crazy brain, it's just hard for me to shut it off and chill. I overthink, I stress out, I don't sleep, and you know what? It sucks. It sucks. So I did my homework and I found Sunday Scaries, which are delicious and vitamin boosted CBD gummies. They are like a must have now for me on the daily. They chill me out just about 20 minutes. Basically, they take the edge off so I can just like chill out and live scare free. So there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money back guarantee. If the product is not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries you know, in the stress relieving business, not in the stress causing business. So I got you 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com. Use my promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, for your discount. That's promo code B-L-E-A-V for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing. And you know what? You won't regret it. And you might get a good night's sleep. Uh, so Bill and Ted's, that's huge. I see that. And then from then on, it just seems like it was just boom, 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 boom. Like, well, one, you,
2: know, you you come to California thinking, you know, you're like, oh, my God, I only have two two credits. Yeah. Um, what do I do? You flounder, you know, you like sleep on friends' sofas for a yep. couple of years. You do these really bad Roger not bad. They're no no Roger Corman movie is bad, but uh, these other D-list movies and, you know, that direct video back then and stuff and all non-union. And then um, in 1991, I was introduced to Helen Hunt.
1: That's what I was going to talk to you about because you had such a – you have still the long – I mean, so few people stay with their team as long as you guys have been together. It's pretty awesome. This You're working with her since 91.
2: 29 years
1: 29 years so you did all the mad about you
2: Did seven years of mad about you did twister oh my god as good as it gets what women want cast away pay it forward um what did i do most recently well we did the reboot of mad about you just right. Right here um i did a movie with a low budget movie called the sessions where she got nominated for best supporting actress on that movie yes and um God. do you guys
1: think that you just hit it off you, you and her just hit it off and got along super well is that kind
2: of why you know what she lived down the street from me in studio city and i was close and i just came and did my job and she liked my vibe and you know i mean we talk kind of talk about it now it's just kind of like how did this happen you know yeah and she's calls me her um her hollywood gay husband
1: <laughs> well we all want one you know that we fight over you we fight over you people.
2: Everybody needs one.
1: Everybody needs a Hollywood gay husband. Every
2: actress needs a Hollywood you gay You do.
1: Husband. You really do. So, so, so when you're doing all of that and like now you're like, I mean, well, she won the Oscar for As Good As It Gets, right? And then she's doing all the sorts of stuff. Like, was there a moment that you thought, was there like a moment you specifically remember where things just weren't going great? Was there like a little, was there a moment that you had like a down peak?
2: interesting question um you know this business as we all know is the ebb and the flow of the tide the tide comes in the tide goes out and it's all about riding this wave because you have times where the tide is coming in and you're abundant and you're making a a lot of money and then the tide goes out and then hopefully you've saved enough and you can ride it out or there's a writer strike or there's some other circumstance that's happening that you have no control over and you know and and that's that's the flow of this industry that we're in and nobody that works in this industry understands the freelance aspect of it and they always say you're only as good as your last job. Yep. That truly, truly is the truth. It's the okay. worst. It's, it, and it's it, the civilians
1: worst. don't get it. Like the real I call them civilians, you know, that don't do what we do. They don't understand. They always say, Well, how could you not be working when you've done blah 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 blah? blah. And I'm like, honey, that was four years ago. Like just because you see it on reruns, what nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. You know, and, and you are. You're only as good as your last job in every field of our of our business.
2: Because it is so transient and it attracts a very specific personality type that I, after 34, going on 35 years in this industry, yeah, from my aspect in the beauty aspect of it, working yeah. with actors and actresses and from every level, I mean, I've department headed shows, TV shows, movies, I've been personals. That means the personal hairstylist or makeup artist to Helen Hunt, Demi Moore, Cameron Diaz joss stone british soul singer uma thurman I just- now explain
1: explain to people who are listening that don't understand what the difference is because a lot of people don't understand when i try to explain that the difference between a department head and a personal of like a movie star
2: well a personal is you get requested by the star to only do them and, and you're only
1: allowed to do that
2: in you're the union only um, is if you get a personal request it's very tricky the way they make it Well, the thing is, is that, you know, it's, it's, it's to protect the department, the whole, a a union is, is as strong as its body is. Do you know what I mean? The collective body. I'm very active in my union. I am on the board of trustees. I was the hairstylist representative for the 2018 bargaining agreement We all go to the bargaining tables and pound out a new deal. Well done. So I was a part of that for my union proudly. Can you you join my union? Because we need your help. (laughs) I am a member of SPAG. (laughs) I know, but we
1: really, we are seriously, but that's another, that's another conversation. So go on. (laughs) Personal.
2: There's too many. Yeah. Too many. Uh, Yeah. So being a personal, you know, you get requested by the star to be their personal hairstylist or their personal makeup artist, and you only work on them. And that's it. To be a department head means that you are overseeing the entire department of hair for For everyone or a TV show or whatever, just like makeup. They have their own department head and then they've got a whole crew underneath it to implement what you're trying to create Right. What a lot of people don't know what the layman or normal norm or the
1: civilians, I call them
2: Civilians, civilians. You know what they don't really realize is that we're storytellers and everything tells a story before an actor or actress like yourself. Let's say you, Bonnie, before you speak, once you're on camera, everything is telling a story. Your hair is telling a story. Your makeup is telling a story. Your clothes are telling a story you know, the backdrop, the props, the everything. Before you say your first line, you have already spoken volumes about your character and everything. So Mm -hmm. every department has their own bit of telling the story that we're looking at. 100%. Yeah, I know
1: a lot of people I know, you know, when they watch the Oscars or they, you know, they don't know what we do and they don't have the appreciation for the hair and the makeup and the wardrobe. And, you you know, I get very frustrated because I've had so many, Situations on sets where if it weren't for you guys, I would have either had a nervous breakdown Not had anywhere to go because you know a lot of actresses. We you know, we go into the hair and makeup trailer You know, you get your support there you get your calm there um, Because you guys all help us build that character where everyone else they don't they, they just want to go 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 they, They're not interested Right you know and I mean, you guys are first, really interested.
2: It's the first place that we see the actors, right? It's the first place that they're getting situated, they're getting into their character, they're running their lines. You know, I mean, I think that my success is that I, 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 when I talk with new people that I'm working with, I have a meeting with them and I tell them, I break it down and I've done this to everyone. I say, this is a job, this is a gig. I said, I will be on it. You will look fantastic. I am right there for you. I said, but at the end of the day, it's a gig. I'm not here to be your best friend, your BFF. Yes, I will support you and help you and guide you even into your personal stuff that you're having issues with. I'm there. I'm a sounding board. I'll do whatever I can to support you. Mm -hmm. But this is a gig.
1: Yeah, and I think people don't realize that you, you say that because as you know, hair and makeup becomes this haven for everyone to hang out in. And um. Uh, you know, like sometimes you want even the hair and makeup people want the actors out because it's like that's their that's their trailer. But actors and we we gravitate towards those trailers because we feel like that's the safety zone, that's the creative zone. Well, it,
2: and it definitely is. It I mean, is. I mean, and and that is a safe zone. But sometimes
1: and you need space, and you're like, get out. You know. Yeah, but
2: that's but that's not even so much yet. I guess what I'm saying is, is that that you know, for me personally to survive this industry i can't I, I i don't get too close boundaries yes and and because because it can get messy when you end up not hearing from someone that you've gotten close to and then you know yeah. you take it personally and it hurts oh, why don't they like me and what did i do and then then your own insecurities and fears kick in and you're all so that's why it's just easier to be like look honey it's a gig and we're gonna have a blast but if you don't call me i'm good to go <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you have an example of somebody that you could name or, or, or not name that was, like, really aggressively trying to be your BFF? And, like, you were really like, oh, honey, no. No, so,
2: because it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I say that because that's my kind of, like, my, I have to say that and get that out because mm-hmm. I, I don't want, at that level, I'm talking about a very high level. We're talking yeah,
1: about. yeah, it's like a studio picture with, you know, um, Castaway and all that, like, there's no time. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, but but it's but it's like I want the actor, the star that I'm working with, to know that I'm not trying to get up all in their business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that they appreciate that, even even though most of them want you to be all up in their business. Yes,
1: because we're needy. We're they're
2: needy. needy we like fuckers. Subjects. They're black, hole, black holes. They suck everything out of you.
1: I, I need you. I need you to pay attention to me now. Me, 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 me,
2: me, me. It's me, like, me, okay. yes, yeah, it's all about you. We know that. It is
1: all about me. That's why we're actors. But, but yeah, okay. But we're
2: also your safe haven. You I know. know. I just
1: know, like, I've been on sets where, and I'm sure this has happened to you, where the hair and makeup trailer, because it's such a creative space, right? The hair and makeup people are very artistic. They're artists, we come in, we hang out, you're there every morning, you're, you're, you know, 5am, you're learning your lines, you hang out all day. Inevitably that becomes like the gossip sharing world. And if you're not with the right people, you can get a lot of trouble. Like if people aren't loyal in that area, you know what I mean? If you have disloyal hair and makeup people that go back to producers, I've had some, I've had some, uh, disappointment in that area where like I thought we were friends and you went and told so-and-so and like that's this is supposed to be a sacred 4 a.m place no
2: yeah well now we're getting into the underside of it all
1: oh yeah let's go baby let's get in the underside of it all I want people to hear the Daryl that does my hair and, and, and goes all right bitch want to hear what happened this this week without lo- without naming names Oh God! You have the best. My mom. I told my mom I was interviewing you, and she still remembers um, the uh, art of Elysium, Not art of Elysium, Whatever I did, um, and you were just, you and Craig. You're up, my other dear friend, Craig. Hairdresser. We're on fire talking about someone who's been in, in the press a lot lately.
2: Oh, we can't go there. We can't. I, I wish we could, but we can't.
1: We can't say the name. No. someone someone who's just not very nice
2: there's just you know, <laughs> know there's certain people that just you know you are toxic and you just don't
1: and they get away with it for so long Yeah, but
2: it's a blessing to be away from it because it's just it's not my vibe it's not my gig you know it's like life's too short so no need to to revisit that. It's like, I have enough self-esteem, good self-esteem to know that this isn't the, a right fit. And right. that's what you really have to to say, you know, you, even if you're, if it's your first, you know, let's like, say you have a, a gig, you know, and, and you, you don't have a gig for a long time and then something comes to you and then it's just really not the right fit. You know, what do you do? You know, it's like, you need the work, you need the gig, but then you're subject to abuse and toxicity and negativity and stuff. And
1: So what do you do if you're surrounded by that? How do you get out of it? How do you find yourself working through that?
2: Well, I mean, you obviously start looking for another gig. (laughs) It's like, what's the the point? I'm not sentenced to this person. Nobody sentenced me to to this. So it's like, you know, you got to find an exit strategy. You always have to have a plan B, bottom line, plan B. I mean, and that's what
1: your are That's show- what's hard about acting, though. I don't, I've had no plan
2: Bs, you know?
1: Well, you know- This is my plan B. This is my second act, see?
2: Well, I think, come on, Bonnie. Somebody called you right now and said, hey, Bonnie, I got a TV show for you. Well, then what? I sorry. Do- sorry, I do- sorry, I have a podcast. No,
1: no, I want to do both. But listen, the reason this came about was because I went through this real eye-opening, you know, turning in my 40s and- you know, relationship breakup and my stepdad died and it was just death and plague and gained a bunch of weight and lost myself. And then I got rid of my managers of 20 years, which was very dramatic. I know, I know you wanted me to. Um, and I talked to you about a lot of this stuff. I talked to you about a lot of this stuff about moving on and you told me I needed to get out of Venice. Remember you told me, cause you're, you're energy I'm reader. a psychic, I psychic. saw it all. You, you told me you got, if you don't get out of Venice, you're never going to work again.
2: I told you that.
1: And now I met the love of my life and I'm living in Long Beach. So that better mean I'm getting a big job.
2: (laughs) You'll get a big job when it's the job for you. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole thing is that what you think about, you bring about. Right. You have to cast away the fear. And fear comes in many forms. You know that.
1: Oh, yeah. Food. Food. Drinking,
2: well, but shopping. That, that, but that's the manifestation and, and you consuming your fear. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're trying, to, trying to sedate yourself through food or sex. Oh, or, yeah. It's whatever. just
1: numbing. It's, that's what I did. Yeah. I, was, I was numbing. And um, so do, did you ever have to cast away fear or, or were you just fearless from well, that day yeah, one?
2: I became an alcoholic at 16 years mm. old. I came from my own abuse and bullshit and drama growing up. I'm American Indian. I grew up on an Indian reservation in North Dakota. We oh moved Arizona with a one-way ticket uh, in 1965 when I was eight. Yes, I'm not old. Do the math.
1: No, 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 no.
2: And, um, you know, here's here's this little Indian boy getting thrown in to Tempe Mesa, Arizona, all Mormons, all white, all Caucasian. I'm the only brown person there. And it was culture shock for me. So. But anyway, um, you know, it's like alcoholism and drug abuse is systemic in my culture Mm -hmm. and it affected me too, after like the first time I took a drink at 16 years old, I had my first coherent thought. I was like, oh, this is where I wanna stay. This is great. Mm. I can think like totally clear after a couple of drinks and I'm like, now I get it. This is, this is where I wanna be. So you try to stay in that like space, that Zen space that alcohol falsely gives you Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be drunk. I just wanted to have the chatter and the insanity and the chaos and the bullshit in my head stop.
1: Yeah, and make sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. We can actually have a linear thought instead of being chaotic and all over the place and panic and anxiety and all the bullshit that we all get yeah. in our lives. Yeah. So you got to find peace somewhere, and I found it in booze. So for ten years, from sixteen to twenty-six. I drank, but it was also 1973 to 1983. Oh boy! Proud out gay man, two spirit. Mm -hmm. That I I was never in the closet. I've always been myself. I've always been me. From the part of why
1: I love you, by the way.
2: So you know, it's like I thank you, and I've never ever like had an issue with that. Everyone else had an issue, not me. You know. So but, what was
1: the catalyst for you getting sober? Like, did you hit, what happened?
2: Well, you know, you can't sustain that. And this, you know, going into the late 70s and being a gay man in the late 70s, you can imagine mm. what I experienced. Um, and so in 1983 at 26, I took an assessment of my life. I had one final big blowout, snorted an eight ball and drinking champagne and doing Coke and everything and crashed and burned and woke up, you know, in my apartment, the apartment was in shambles. I was in a complete blackout for like 24 hours, had no idea where I parked my car. I was like, what is happening? And I thought, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. What more do I need to experience in this Mm -hmm. like devastation chaos bullshit before you like find peace of mind and I like went over to my friend Jerry's house I bought a six-pack of Miller Lite beer I was sitting in his backyard and I went to open up the beer and I popped it open and as I was putting it to my lips right before it got to my lips all of a sudden it felt like Everything took a 180. Like I literally felt like in those, like in the movies where everything spins, like Uh is what it literally felt like. And I went, whoa, that's, what the hell was that? And I put the beer down and my friend was sitting there and he looked at me, he goes, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know, something happened. And and I go, I gotta go. And, And he was like, huh? And I turned to him and I said, I will never drink again. And he goes, what? And I left. I said, bye. And I left. And I went back to my apartment and I turned on the TV and there was a commercial for St. Luke's hospital. It says, are you, have you ever had a blackout? Have you ever all these questions? You may be an alcoholic. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Call this number. So I called the number <sighs> A woman answered. She's like St. Luke's behavioral health, you know, hospital, I'm like, hi, I just saw a commercial and I answered yes to all the questions. So I think I have a drinking problem. And she goes, well, honey, let me tell you, if you think you have a drinking problem, you've got a drinking problem. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, words of wisdom. And she, I said, well, what do I do? And she's like, well, you come down to, to come down and get assessed. And I'm like, okay, well, where is it? She gave me the address. I said, are you open now? And she said, yes. I said, okay, I'm coming. You and I went then?
1: Wow. I went in
2: there. And I walked in over as hell and did the, and I had health insurance. So I did, they took my insurance. I took, did it. And they assessed me and took, you know, vitals and whatever. And they said, okay, you know, the program starts, you know, like tonight at 6 PM, you're a candidate be here at six o'clock. And we're going to introduce you to the, 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 it was an outpatient program because I wasn't physically disabled from right, right. the ravages of alcohol. I was what's called a high-bottom drunk. I was a binger. I would work my ass off all week long. Come the weekend, it was time to party. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how I came to that.
1: Wow, that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. That yeah. is so inspiring.
2: But so what you- people don't hey. understand is that is that alcoholism and and um, addiction, and there are many addictions, food, Mm -hmm.
1: sex, shopping,
2: shopping, eating is the worst for me. Mm -hmm. um, Sex and sex addicts, Mm -hmm. um, being addicted to abusive relationships. It's all addiction. All of it.
1: Was it hard to work during that time? Did you, were you able to work during that time? Or yeah. did, you, did you work more once you cut you that talk, out? I
2: was doing hair. I mean, I got fired from my job because that night at, at this Japanese restaurant, I told every because we partied after work one, one, one night. And I proceeded to tell them all what I thought of them. In a, in a blackout And so I, went, I wish
1: I, I could hear A little tape recorder Of that
2: Went back to work The next You know Like like two days later All my stuff Was in a hefty bag And it was by the door And they were like You're fired Get out oh. That just added To the whole You know And I mean It's like Okay whatever It's like, So no, then when
1: you got sober did, did that affect you Going back to work at all did you just go Right back to work
2: Well no I had to do find it you think that possible? was Your
1: second act Like do you think you know, That was it, the first know, Second it, act it,
2: you had You know It really was Because it did put me on at, at 26, it did put me on a path, you know, of of um, self exploration
1: and mm, like a second year new life. Second, yeah, second I was, chapter, it was
2: 26, and they wow. say the 26 27. Remember that the, the curse of the 27th year? Yes, everybody Hendrix, Janice Jonathan, mm,
1: Janice, Amy Barbara, Winehouse,
2: Amy Winehouse, Morrison. And, and what do they call it? That's the second Saturday. Kurt Cobain Yep. Second Saturn return, look it up.
1: Second Saturn return.
2: Yes. Okay. Is 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 what happens if 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 you don't yeah. if you're not on your path by your second Saturn return? Oh, really? You either look that die up. or you move forward.
1: I'm gonna look that up. Well, that is amazing. So that that really was te- so technically that was your first second act. I mean, we I'm you know, when I say second act, it's like I mean that metaphorically. Obviously, we we all have a lot of them, but that seems like a big one. Like, boom, new chapter, right?
2: Yeah. Because- so then, how
1: did you feel like after that? Were you were you scared to work without that without the alcohol? Were you or, or were you or were you just like? Were you okay? I,
2: I think the thing is, is that, you know, w- when you come into a, a new design for living, whether it's therapy or a 12 step program or whatever, you're, 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 it really teaches you to stay in the now. And what's very interesting is like now that I'm going to be 37 years sober in November.
1: Congratulations.
2: Um, thank you. November 7th, 1983. So what it is, is 36 years,
1: 37? I, awesome. I lost count.
2: Um, have you ever read the power of now?
1: Yes, I have. Uh, and I've listened to the audio as well.
2: Yes. Now that's kind of the program. That's kind of a 12 step. Yeah.
1: Program. Yeah. I've done 12 step programs for codependents and child of alcoholics. You know, grew, I, I grew up with, you know, I've done Al-Anon, you know, I did that as a kid for a really long time. So I know the programs work and codependent anonymous has really, really helped me a lot. But yeah, the power of now, that was a life changing book. Life changing.
2: It really, really is because, and if you haven't read it, people should get it and read it or listen to the audio book because it really really, um, tells you and shows you what your ego is. People talk about ego and you think the ego is um, like, oh, I'm so cool and I'm famous and I'm this, that's a very small part of what the ego really is. Yeah. And uh, the ego fights to stay in charge. Right. And, but the ego really came from when we were like, you know, Cro-Magnon or, you know what I mean? Like back in our primitive.
1: Life. Yeah. When we had to survive, right? We to, when we had to kill each other to get meat, to get food, to get right. vegetables.
2: And, and and fight or flight. That's vegetable, that's vegetable where, by the way. That's, that's, and, a, that's, and a that, that's where that came from. That's where the ego was designed. Yeah. Was from back then. So it's really a, a primeval kind of like, um, I don't even know what you would It's call just
1: it. in your DNA. It's that, it's that fight. You know, I have that in my relationships. I have that fight or flight so deeply embedded in me that I have to work on that every day. Like, because I grew up with trauma and abuse and it's like, I'm, I'm either going to fight or run. And that's just from our DNA from the cavemen. Like, a di- you know, a, a, a dinosaur is coming at you, you know, fight or flight. But that's that, that fear
2: or is still us. Gone. There were no dinosaurs with cavemen.
1: Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> Okay, going to take a quick break. Be right back with more from Daryl. I want to talk for a quick sec about our newest sponsor, eBay. You guys know you can get practically anything on eBay. But did you know it's basically the original sneaker marketplace? You can find the exact shoe you're looking for, and with eBay's authenticity guarantee, you know you're getting shoes that have been meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. They verify the box, logo, stitching, and tons of other inspection points. Each sneaker comes with an authenticity guarantee tag and a digital stamp of authenticity. And you sneaker sellers, you guys are protected with a verified return process. And right now they've eliminated selling fees on shoes over a hundred bucks, making it free to sell or flip your collection. And by the way, I'm a women's size nine. If you want to send me some, my birthday's coming up in two weeks. Just saying. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Wait, now let me ask you a question. Now, you are a brilliant photographer, photographer which I want people to know, literally stunning. You always said you were going to shoot, but you never did. have. I know. You've been saying it. it for five years. And you really are unbelievably talented. How the hell did you learn that? Was that just from being on the road with Joss? Or?
2: No. I was Tell them working, about Joss. No, I was working with um, um, Marie Osmond on a Fox competition series called celebrity duets Ooh. and it was she was a judge and so was little richard rest in peace oh. and david foster
0: and, and he's doing well
2: i was doing marie i was doing lucy lawless who was a contestant on it and craig was doing her hair i was doing her makeup and and marie was kept saying how beautiful Lucy looked on the show. And then she asked me if they could work it out that I would do do Marie's makeup. And so they did. And so I would come in and do Marie's makeup first and then I would do Lucy's makeup. But at the end of the show, Marie Osmond gave me this DVD and she goes here, this is a present for you. I think you're going to like it. It was, it's called the secret. Oh, do you know? Yeah, it
1: changed my life forever, and I have a journal. I still have a journal. Yes.
2: And what? Wait, how did I get off on this? You asked me a question. Oh, photography, photography. Oh, yes. So she gave me this this DVD, and I'm like, oh, what is this? I'm like, is this like something Mormon or what? I don't. I didn't know what it was. You know, I never heard of it. So I popped it in the DVD player and I watched it. I'm like, oh my God, this is the law of attraction. It's the Kabbalion, it's the, you know, it's like what you think about, you bring about. It's like, it's how I created my life, you know? And then I thought, hmm, this is interesting. I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna, and I said, I want to be a photographer, but I want to shoot only movie stars and only um, covers of magazines and make a shitload of money. (laughs) If the secret is real, that's what I'm putting out to the universe. So Mm -hmm. universe, do your thing. Okay, a week later, I'm talking to my friend Jack, who is a publicist. And he tells me that he's doing a photo shoot with a Mexican actress named Ana de la Reguera, of Mary Claire and Espanol.
1: I know her. Beautiful.
2: Yes, but the photographer was stuck in Spain because his his passport was expired, and he she was (gasps) flying in from Mexico City like that night and they needed to shoot her the next day. And I said, I have cameras, I can shoot her. See, this is the stories I want people to hear.
1: Like you think that nothing can happen, but the next thing you could change your life like that.
2: And it's and because you, when you live in the infinite possibility of life, you open up your life to endless possibilities that could change the course of your life. Mm -hmm. And by believing that and know, and knowing that in your heart and DNA, that the universe is plentiful and the universe is there to give you, you know, like anything that you desire and want. I mean, as per the secret, Mm -hmm. but, but it's putting your intention out to the universe.
1: You have to be very clear. You have to be very clear. You can't be with, you can't yeah. be wishy-washy. You have to be like, yeah, I yeah, want you this. Have any negatives
2: yeah. attached to it. You have to just say, This is what I want because it's and you have to launch it with joy. You have to attach that intention with a frequency that is higher than the negativity that's out there in in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about frequency, you know. Mm -hmm. When you put good vibes out and you open your heart to the possibility, anything can come to you, but you have to wait and and know and feel when synchronicity is happening. If people don't understand or know what synchronicity is, that's when all of a sudden you start seeing little things in your life that are lining up for you. Yes. Oh, that's such a weird, what did Oprah call it? it, God shot?
1: Yeah, it's like, it's like in The Secret when I read that book. Or no, Wayne Dyer, who I absolutely adored. and loved Wayne Dyer. And he used to say, when you really focus on what you want, you ever notice that you, you might need a new car and you, you'd really like a red car. And then for some reason, you're driving on the freeway and all you see is red cars. But any other time, you would not have noticed any red cars. And it's because your mind... It's so powerful. It's bringing to you what you want. And it's easy to get lost. But once you get clicked back into that, I was like that for, I swear, my whole first half of my career, which is why I work so much. And then I kind of lost my way, you know, with disappointment. And we all do.
2: But I'm getting it back. And that's the thing is when self-doubt come Mm -hmm. in and then the fear sets in. And then once you're like, oh, it's not happening as much anymore. It's like, what do I do? How do I take a course correction in this. Yeah. You really have to cleanse yourself of your fears, whether that's through therapy Mm -hmm. or, or whatever, you know, because there's so much information out there now that we have our laptops and we're so connected. Right.
1: Too much almost. I think that too much information in our business actresses, the comparison thing with all the social media is a killer. It's a killer.
2: But if you're, putting that intention out there that it's harmful, then it's going to harm you.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, it's what
2: you're looking at. You just said, if you're talking about a red car and you're seeing red cars, then if you're looking at Instagram and Facebook and social media, you know, and you're putting a negative twist on it, then that's what you're going to attract to you. Yes,
1: you're right.
2: You're so wise. Like attracts like. So if yes. you rearrange your thoughts and say, okay, clear your mind,
1: you know, Yeah.
2: what do I want?
1: Yeah. No, that's how I met Dave. That's how I met my partner. My He's over there, my producing partner. Literally, I got to a point where I went, this is exactly what I want. And if I don't get it, I'm actually perfectly fine being alone. And I meant it. I really was okay. I was actually stable and healthy. But the second I said, this is what I want and I will not settle for anything else, a, B, it was just like, oh, hi. Oh, there you've been the whole time.
2: <laughs> and it's so easy. It's not as hard as I thought. The universe aligns it for you once you get your intention straight. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is, is that, you know, having an act two in your life, I mean, people generally in their twenties aren't aren't having and looking for an act two and even thirties because Mm -hmm. they're in their stride, they're doing their thing and, and whatever. I mean, mine was forced on me because I hit rock bottom at 26, but for the most part, people generally are just moving along in their life. And it isn't until you hit your forties really that you look back and go, Oh shit, look at all the ground I covered, but also what's ahead of me now. And if I don't get a handle on what's in front of me, then you don't want to be looking at 50 going, What in the hell's going on? You know, right? How, right. Do, I, how do I find happiness, you know, and peace of mind in all of this? I mean,
1: no, that's the what worst, a
2: second act is? huh? Isn't that what a second act is?
1: Yes, I think, I think, um, a second act is that, and I think, second act, the whole purpose of it, why I wanted to do this show is because. Like you and I, and most of us, at least people that are honest about it, everyone's hit rock bottom. Everyone's had divorce, death, you know, breakups, firing. I mean, and it's like tell the story so that other people can know that you're not, it's not over, you know, it's not over. You can do something else. What do you think? What do you think is your next second act, your next act? Because you always have something you have, you've had beauty, you've had beauty products in the mix, you've had ambassador for beauty products. I mean, do you think there's another second act or a third act?
2: Well, um, I am associated with a project called the black door. Uh-huh. It is a TV series for Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, whatever uh-huh. on TV. Um, my two friends, my friend, Charles Paik wrote it and created it. And my friend Richard Martin is one of the other executives on it. And, They have been pitching it here and there, but they haven't had much success. And I do have a lot of uh, connections being around all these wonderful people that I've worked with over the years. And I met them, these guys, and I read the, read the, the, pilot, I saw the proof of concept, I saw the show Bible, I said, this is amazing. This is something I want to see on television. Um, I I go, how can I help you? And I said, I've I've got a lot of friends, I go, let me see what I can do. And we discussed it. And I said, okay, you know, I mean, I have connected the dots for a lot of people in my life on a, Mm -hmm. a very high level. And you know, it's like, and I've seen them make millions of dollars yeah. with my connections. Mm. And I thought, Wait a minute, people that do this are called executive producers.
1: Mm-hmm. That's my second act, baby. Exec producing,
2: so you can I'm, do it. So I said, let I go. What we they? I got an agreement with them. Yes. I'm one of the co-executive producers, and I have gotten it to. Some very powerful people.
1: How exciting. So it's your next second act, your third act.
2: This is my third act. Third act. Congratulations. You're going to do it. I'm going to be executive producing this TV show. All right. Well, you better give me a part. You have one. Thank you.
1: Okay. I'm going to ask you a couple of speed round questions. i your
2: Russian accent.
1: It's very good, darling. Very, very good. But I'm going to ask you a couple of speed round questions, okay? Okay. Ready? I'm ready. What is the most common neurotic behavior you see in every actress you work with?
2: Oh my God. (laughs) Self-doubt.
1: That's a good one. What project have you done that you are the most proud of?
2: I think the thing is, is sitting ringside with some of the biggest stars and watching them work. Like Jack Nicholson, hmm. Helen Hunt, Tom Hanks, Uma Thurman, watching their process and then bringing it to the screen and knowing that a little part of my work, which is their hair, is going to be forever in the zeitgeist of of our pop culture.
1: That's awesome. Okay, what historical figure, living or dead, needs a makeover from you the most? <laughs> You're being very nice in this interview, by the way. You're, you're being very tame. I know. I mean, you haven't, you haven't busted anything bad out.
2: You'll have me back. On oh, anything. I will.
1: I, I just, once,
2: I, once I'm above the line, honey.
1: Ooh, I, had, I wanted, there's some stories in that, in that head of yours that. Once I'm
2: untouchable. All right. So <sighs> who who right
1: now, what historical figure needs a make up from you the most, living or dead?
2: Makeover, a historical figure. I wish you would have given me a heads up before popping this on me I'm not giving anybody a heads up that's so fun oh my god Melania oh. Trump I, who I, who is that I've never heard of her <laughs> I don't know that name sorry. I haven't worked with that person I don't know I can't think of that okay. like,
1: all right you know. what is um who would you who who do you want to work with the most act, actress or actor that you've never worked with yet
2: Nobody. Nobody. No, I've so zen. a lot. There's, there's, you know, I mean, how much higher can I get? Or it's really true. It's really I mean, yeah, true. I've worked with Cameron Diaz, Demi Moore. Uh, you know, you haven't worked this, with me yet. You haven't been my personal. I came to the show. Remember that one time? I tried. Well, no, I, I helped sort out your extensions that one to
1: Oh, I know. But I mean, I want to work with you like every day and then I can get, I can go off camera and get all the real juice that I love. Lock door. Uh-huh.
2: You better work on that Russian accent.
1: I'll work on it. I'll work on it for you, Darl.
2: Dar, I love you. Thank you so much for doing this for me. Well, come I hope back? it was fun. I know I didn't spill any tea you like spil- you wanted no, me this to. No, this was
1: actually way more interesting and meaningful and, and, and I feel like it was way more profound than just spilling tea.
2: Well, I just hope that any one person that can glean anything from someone to be able to say, you know what, I'm done with that bullshit. Yeah. Now I'm on to me. Yeah. And, I mean, not in an ego way. It's like. And also,
1: yes. And also, anyone who's struggling with addiction, anyone who's struggling with what do I do next? That's again a second act. And I want people to know that there are people out there they can admire that have done that. And you're such an amazing person. You've done so much with your life.
2: Thank you. And anyone can do it. It's like, I'm not special. I'm, I'm really not. You go, Oh my God, you're so good at what you do and whatever. I'm like, you know what? I'm a trained craftsman and I take pride in what I do and, and in my craft because it has sustained me. So it's like be the best that you can be and, and just be. Yeah. Him.
1: And find your second act, right? Always find your second Four act. Third. Don't give up. Don't give up. Or third. Or third, oh my God, or fifth, or sixth, or
2: tenth. Or just, my whole point is don't ever give up. That's my point. No, because our life is to be lived. We're not sentenced here. Right, that's right. I love you, Daryl. <laughs> I love you too. I can't
1: wait for you to do my hair and makeup again. I'm, I'm manifesting oh, that's gonna come.
2: happen very soon. No, it'll come. It's like the COVID is gonna, it will, it, will it will be gone. It will be gone. It will be gone.
1: Okay, thank you, darling.
2: You're welcome.
1: I hope I see you soon.
2: I will see you soon.
1: God, I love that guy, Daryl Redleaf. He definitely is an oracle of some sort. I mean, Native American, I don't know, but he 100% has a sixth sense. And go follow him at um, Daryl Redleaf uh, on Instagram. But also... What an inspiring person. Talk about like so many acts and, and just being true to themselves and, and overcoming so much and just working and just living it and and just being who they are. He is such an inspiration to me. Um, he is just amazing. So I love you, Daryl. Thank you for doing it. And please don't forget to follow me at second underscore act underscore podcast on Instagram and again me bonze with the z Somerville and keep sending me your questions because the next episode I'm finally going to blow your mind and I'm going to read some questions and I'm going to answer some questions and some of the things I've gotten are fucking bananas so if I were you I would tune in and don't forget Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, five stars, five stars, so I can keep coming back. And thank you, Daryl. I love you. And thank you guys for tuning in. And I hope you all are good. And I'm sending out lots of love to the world right
0: now. Bye.